the best way to get something done, if you if you hold near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to. Anyway, I'm, we're going to get a lot done. I just got one. Got me. democracies in the world today than we did 15 years ago fewer not more fewer just remind him i wrote the bill on the environment on the environment on the environment why would i not be for it that's a serious question right it's an acceptable man come on because of the actions we've taken, things have begun to change. End of quote. In the past, three, quote. In the past three weeks, I'm especially honored to share the stage with Brittany and Jordan and Nathan and Margaret Catherine. I, uh, I love those barrettes in her hair, man. I'll tell you what. Look at her. She looks like she's 19 years old sitting there with her, like a little lady in a race car. Brittany, you're doing triple duty. Anyway. What the hell was he talking about? You know, bless his heart. My stepdad had the uh, the quote of 2020. The campaign quote. <laughs> he said, you ever listen to that Joe Biden talk? I'm like, yeah, can't can't understand what he's saying. <laughs> My stepdad goes, he's like me. Half the time, nobody knows what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> so, with that, welcome to Americana, the American way. I am Big John, and we had a good time over the weekend uh, talking wrestling, or I did anyways, I don't know if you guys gave a shit, uh, but I had a good time talking wrestling over the weekend, uh, it was fun. It was WrestleMania 38, Dallas, Texas. Two nights, two big nights of wrestling. Uh, and there was all sorts of uh, other spectacular wrestling events went on around WrestleMania. But now it's back to polyticking. So find me on Getter and Twitter at the real underscore Big John. You uh, find me on Rumble.com and all other podcast platforms at Americana, the American Way. Uh, I've been thinking about these economic sanctions against uh, Russia, Russia, over the Ukrainian invasion, and I'm just sitting here. And I listen to these ludicrous quotes from 
Nancy Pelosi, Speaker Pelosi, Congresswoman Pelosi, whatever you want to call her, and Joe Biden. And they don't make any sense. You know, Joe Biden, and it's hard to make sense after you just listen to that little compilation of uh, Joe Biden quotes. Obviously, it's hard to listen to anything they say, but, you know, Joe Biden says stuff like, you know, paraphrasing, but he says, uh, we never said that the sanctions wouldn't hurt the American people. Americans are going to have to suffer through hardships from the Russian sanctions, too. Like, that's not how it works. That's not how sanctions work. That's not how any of this works. <laughs> and, you know, Nancy Pelosi talks with wave, waving her... What the fuck is with her? What is with her arms? What is with Nancy Pelosi's arms? Raising her hand like... You know... You, you, you know... You know, uh, so Pelosi says, you know... We're, we're not going to sacrifice our environment or our environmental policy to make oil companies rich over temporary inconveniences. Not a direct quote, but that's basically what she said the other day, you know. We're not going to sacrifice or we're not going to hurt the environment to make oil companies rich during, you know, a, an energy crisis or some shit. What are these people talking about? Let's look at sanctions for a minute. But the sanctions aren't the real problem. But we want to just... Let's explain to you what sanctions are and how they have worked historically. So this is from... That's from the end of my cigar. Let's see here. From the Brookings Institute, brookings.edu, this chap, Richard Haas, in 1998, was putting on a lecture about economic sanctions. It, and in the second paragraph of his lecture, he says, it is difficult to exaggerate the role of economic sanctions. The U.S. now maintains economic sanctions against literally dozens of countries. This was in 1998, mind you. What is critical, however, is not just the frequency with which economic sanctions are used, but their importance. Increasingly, sanctions define or dominate a number of significant relationships and policies. And it goes down here and says sanctions hyphen or dash, whatever. Sanctions best defined as the introduction of penalties aimed at a state or other entity for the purpose of altering its behavior are employed for a wide range of foreign policy purposes and take many forms. But whatever form or purpose the particular sanction, the reality is that economic sanctions are unlikely to achieve desired results 
if the aims are large or time is short. Sound familiar? We don't have a lot of time to get Russia to leave the Ukraine. In fact, they're out of time. It's too late. Anyhow, sanctions, even when they were comprehensive and enjoyed almost universal and international bank backing for six months, uh, failed to get Saddam Hussein to withdraw from Kuwait. So he's using the first Gulf War in 1990-91 as his example. We'll skip past that because that's not relevant. Uh, nevertheless, sanctions can be of value. Under the right circumstances, sanctions can achieve or help to achieve various foreign policy goals ranging from modest to fairly significant. Fairly significant. Getting Russia out of Ukraine, that's significant. Let's look at another thing here. about economic sanctions from the Council on Foreign Relations while I'm waiting for my computer to load. What are economic sanctions? Council on Foreign Relations. You know, I used to think the Council on Foreign Relations would be like a cool place to work. It's kind of like a think tank thing. Not anymore. Economic sanctions are defined as the withdrawal of customary trade and financial relations for foreign and security policy purposes. Sanctions may be comprehensive, prohibiting commercial activity with regard to an entire country, like the long-standing U.S. embargo of Cuba, or they may be targeted at blocking transactions by and with particular businesses, groups, or individuals. Uh, that's the second half of that. Actually, the whole thing applies to Russia, the Russia situation. But the thing is, the sanctions are supposed to only hurt the party being sanctioned, or the country, or the state, the individual, whatever you want to call it. So let's look at some historic economic sanctions that worked led us into World War II, but they worked. President Roosevelt swung into action by freezing all Japanese... Oh, this, by the way, (coughs) let me put this in a time frame. This was 1939. This is pre-Pearl Harbor, uh, prior to the U.S. declaring war on Japan and Germany and vice versa. So we hadn't officially declared war yet. We were trying to slow the uh, Japanese empire down uh, as they spread through Southeast Asia and uh, where else were they at? Southeast Asia. Um, Anyhow. Let me read this to you. President Roosevelt swung into action by freezing all Japanese assets in America. Britain and the Dutch East Indies followed suit. 
The result, Japan lost access to three-fourths of its overseas trade and 88% of its imported oil. The world has run for a very long time on oil, people. And it's going to continue to run on oil no matter how many trees you hug, no matter how many solar panels we build or windmills, fossil fuels make the world go round. That's to another point, to another day. Japan's oil reserves were only sufficient to last three years, and only half that time if they went to war. So they were occupying all these little islands that were uh, and small countries in Southeast Asia that were pretty easy to overrun and overtake. But they weren't at war with the United States yet. They weren't at war with the world yet, okay? To give you some time frame here. So they had three years worth of oil supplies. But if they went to war, uh, war consumes commodities, resources, and oil, especially at a faster pace. Uh, so only half that time if they went to war and consumed fuel at a more frenzied pace. Japan's immediate response was to occupy Saigon, again with the Vichy France uh, acquaintance acquaintance if japan could gain control of southeast asia including malaya it could also control the region's rubber and tin production a serious blow to the west which imported such materials from the east japan now is faced with a dilemma japan the country being sanctioned was faced with a dilemma. Not the country doing the sanctioning. The United States wasn't faced with a dilemma. Japan was. That's what sanctions are supposed to do. Put the enemy or the person, the country being sanctioned between a rock and a hard place. Not vice versa. <laughs> Fudge. Uh, okay. So, um... They, uh, Japan was faced with a dilemma. Back off its occupation of Southeast Asia and hope the uh, oil embargo would be eased or seize oil and further antagonize the West uh, even into war. So, there's Japan's dilemma. What's Russia's dilemma. Now, they were in quite a pickle a few weeks ago. But here, here's what Russia had to figure out. And they did it pretty freaking quick. How do they save their, their currency, the ruble? The ruble was basically worthless a few weeks ago. Quite easy. Because they have a smart leader. They made everybody start buying Russian oil in rubles. Instead of trading oil with dollars, 
Now you had to trade oil with rubles. They created new alliances with, say, and it's not a happy alliance, but with India and China. But mainly, their biggest thing, biggest thing was they, they're making people buy Russian oil with rubles instead of the U.S. dollar. So, the real problem is not the sanctions or Russia. The Biden administration wants you to keep telling you that. The network news wants to keep telling you that. The real problem is the Biden administration's energy policy, however. Now, we were buying oil from Russia, and when we cut that off, that caused a spike in oil prices. But really, what's going on is, and the reason your gasoline is so high and your oil is so expensive, is OPEC, once they saw the Biden administration's oil po- uh, energy policy, they knew they could raise the price of oil. They could cut back production if they wanted to and pass the cost on to the United States. Also, the speculation market knew that the price per barrel of oil would be going up very soon, very quickly. And so the speculation market started driving up the price of oil. So there you have your reasons why your oil and gasoline are so expensive. (coughs) It wasn't necessarily the, the hundreds of thousands of barrels of oil a day we were buying from Russia when we're sitting on tons and billions of barrels of oil, enough to last like the next 300 or next 3,000 years under American soil. But Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden want Americans to tighten our belts and bear through this uh, t- minor, in their opinion, temporary you know, uh, pain till we get to the other side of the rainbow and we're all driving electrical cars that we can't afford and so on and so forth. And we all you know, live off of wind turbines and solar panels, which didn't work for Germany, which is why Germany has to import Russian natural gas and Russian oil. Uh, but, hey, you know, the United States could be you know, taking advantage of Russia's dilemma during this uh, sanction period, and we could say, hey, oil, gas companies, start pumping it out. We're going to sell all this shit at discount prices to Europe, undercut uh, the Russian oil and gas trade, and sell, 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 sell to Europe. A new, 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 new. Biden just says, hey, Americans, we never said that you, we, we wouldn't have to suffer. We never told you that, you know, these sanctions would be easy, that these sanctions wouldn't put a hurt on the American people. But the American people have to stand strong and suffer through those high prices at the stores and high prices at the pump. Yeah, it's not just the gasoline pump, people. It's like every freaking time I go to the store... 
the price has gone up, maybe a, a 10 cents, 20 cents. But you know, I'm, I'm reaching in my pocket and sometimes I pay with cash. I like greenbacks. I like change. I like currency, stuff that folds and jingles, you know what I'm saying? And I grab my currency and I'm counting out my dollar bills, getting my change ready. What? How much was it? But yeah, and I don't get I don't say anything to the cashier, but I'm thinking yesterday it was like 10 cents cheaper, 20 cents cheaper. And I'm a penny pension prick. That 10 and 20 cents adds up. I ain't going to get rich on my work ethic. So I got to save my pennies and my dimes. So I'm like, and I don't sound like a cashier, but I'm thinking, man, how did the price of this go up from yesterday to today and from yesterday to last week dollars and cents man you know these corporations and the government the government they aren't going to take a pay cut they aren't going to cut into their profits so Nancy Pelosi doesn't want us to sacrifice the environment for over a temporary uh, increase in our daily lives. But we're not multimillionaires like her and her, her stock cheating husband and her. Biden, you know, wants us to understand that we're going to have to suffer the consequences of these sanctions too. Although historically, and by definition, sanctions do not hurt the country or the group of countries that is doing that are doing the sanctioning. Sanctions are only made to hurt the country that's being punished. But uh, the, hey, the, these liberals are redefining words and things day at, day in and day out. So who knows if there can be eighty-seven genders. Maybe there can be 87 different definitions for the word sanctions. IDK. I don't know. But this is not how sanctions work, Joe and Nance. You're screwing the American people. And now they're trying to throw us bones. They're trying to throw different uh, catchphrases and policies and talking about student loan debt again and all this. And oh, they want to tax the rich on... Uh, money that they didn't make. If you, if a lot of people buy investment cars. I'll use this as an example, and then I'll end this video. They want to put a new 20% tax on billionaires, where if a billionaire purchases, let's say, a car, and a lot of middle class people, not just the billionaires, but <coughs> are buying uh, the last of the muscle cars, the new Corvette, for example. They're buying them at you know sixty and eighty thousand dollars each, and they're holding these cars. They're not driving them much, so they're investing in a car. So let's say the value of that car goes up. You bought it at sixty thousand dollars, and on paper the value goes up to eighty thousand. The Biden administration wants to tax you on that twenty thousand dollar increase. The problem is, you didn't profit yet. You didn't sell the Corvette. The price went up on paper. So you still have your Corvette, 
Now you have to come up with 20% of $20,000. So what do you do if you're a middle class person? You bought this car as an investment thinking it would go up in value. It does go up in value, but you still have the car. Now the government's going to force you to sell it so you can pay their 20% uh, whatever they're calling it tax and 20% of money that you didn't didn't have wasn't there didn't exist you have to sell your car to pay that 20% tax and then you have to the other person the person buying the car has to pay sales tax on it so the government's like double triple quadruple and taxation but they're throwing it out there because of class envy to make you think well we're going to punish these evil billionaires but trust me when they start running out of billionaires money let me give you another example elon musk became the biggest shareholder in twitter he owns like nine point something percent but that's a lot in the investment world so basically he owns 10 percent of twitter the Twitter stock went up in value. Under this Biden plan, he would get taxed on the 20% of the value of how much the stock went up. Even though he didn't have the, the cash, he didn't get, uh, let's say the stock increased 50%. So it went from $5 a share to $7.50 a share to make the math simple, right? And my math still might be off. He never got that $2.50. That $2.50 increase in the value of a Twitter stock, that's just on paper. That's just on the Wall Street market. That didn't go into Elon Musk's pocket. There are other people out there buying the stock at $7.50 above the $5 that Elon Musk paid for it. But Elon Musk hasn't seen that $7.50 until he, until he sells his shares. But the government wants to tax you on that $2.50 difference. It's, it's, it's all shuck and jive, man. It's all BS. And it's all to overcome a tired old man who is elected king, who has no value... <laughs> has decreased the value of our dollar. In fact, it may become more worthless than the Russian ruble soon because if the petrodollar, if the world stops trading oil in American dollars, that's going to crash our dollar because that's what's been propping the dollar up is the fact that everybody in the world has to buy and sell oil in dollars. And the dollar has been the uh, main currency for international trade for since the end of World War II, maybe a little bit after that. Not the very day World War II ended, is what I'm saying. Since the Bretton Woods Agreement. But anyhow, the sanctions, <laughs> this is not how sanctions work. They don't hurt the country doing the sanctioning. So it's part lie and it's part piss poor policy 
uh, of the Biden administration. Actually, it's all piss poor policy of the Biden administration. And it's all lie by the Biden administration and the media. But do some research. If you didn't understand some things I was saying because I was talking fast and trying to get through a lot in a short amount of time. The 30 minutes isn't a short amount of time. This was supposed to be a 15-minute video and podcast. But this isn't how it works, Joe. Nancy, when you're punishing your enemy to prevent them from doing something evil or wrong or bad or however you want to say it. It's not supposed to come back and bite you in the ass, you idiots. Oh, get some grown-ups in charge, please, please, please. Bring back mean tweets. Hey, God bless y'all. Pray for one another. This has been Big John on Americana, the American way. Thank you. Love you. God bless you. And keep you until next time. There's some more Joe Biden bumbling and stumbling. Meetings going here in Cornwall. Very well. <laughs> How do you realistically and physically keep these families from coming to the U.S. when things will not get better in their countries right away? I can't guarantee that. But I know... You know, that old thing, the journey of a thousand miles starts with the first step. And the President of the United States, Joseph R. Biden, Jr. That video is of him just wandering aimlessly lost in his own mind so I'll cut it off there